Welcome back to Check Please, the D&D podcast. Previously, the party was on its side quest to get Lavette back to her homeland to check on her family. They were currently traveling towards the home of the halflings and happened to run into a caravan of harpy traders. I mean, situations like this have happened, but you're on a different plot thread, right? The timeline diverged. Sure, something like that. (laughs) Anyways, Sol goes over to help Karis move the chest onto the giant box thing. Okay, so they load that chest into the crate, and then they ask where people want to travel. There's probably space inside the crate for four people if they wanted to ride inside. It'd be a little cramped and... Things shift around quite a bit. Saul um, has a doofy smile. Or one of the one of the harpies could carry you, or you could ride on top of the crate and like sit on top of it and hold on. I think Soul wants to sit on top of the crate. Okay. Wait, is there only one spot for on top? Oh no, no, it's it's a big crate. I mean, it's almost think of it as like a shipping container. Okay, yeah, I'll also be on top. I mean, you could ride on top of it because they can tie a rope. Because basically, imagine a shipping container with a bird's perch on top. Okay? Cool. So this rock grabs hold of the perch and flies with this whole shipping container. And then you guys could just tie ropes to the perch and then hold on to those ropes or tie the ropes to yourselves. And then you could ride on top of it while it's in flight. Yeah, I'm going to tie it around myself. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll ride on top. Okay. So Karis is not enthused about riding that far off the ground. So they're going to hide. In, they're going to hide in the crate. Um, I was saying I was right inside the crate. I didn't realize I was muted. Sorry. Okay. And Marcus. Huh. That's how they sound. Oh, that's, some, that's, that's exactly how they sound. That's why I was muting. Oh no! Don't mute for that. That's that adds flavor. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. That's that, that just makes it all the more realistic. Where are you riding in? Is someone carrying you on top inside? No, no. Marcus, Marcus would like if if allowed. Marcus would ride the uh, ride it like freaking Falcor. How would you ride something like that? You can't ride on the rock. That's not one of the options, Marcus. Aww. <laughs> Ugh. Either a harpy's going to carry you, you're tied up on top of the crate with me and Vera, or you get inside the crate. Beardy, is it two days straight of flying and they wouldn't put me down? Oh no, they would stop. They would stop for breaks and to to camp at night. But they would still make way better time than you could. Less. 60 days. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to miss seeing the outside, so I would have a harpy carry Marcus. Are there like holes they could poke to look outside? Yeah, yeah, you could you could look out of a hole if you wanted to. That's fine. Uh, Okay, see it next to window. In that case, um, after stating your intention that you wanted to be carried, (laughs) the uh, the harpies begin to start arguing with each other, (laughs) (laughs) and you don't you don't know what they're arguing about. But do I? Uh, how long does tongues last? I mean, mine's lasted for like 27 years. Uh, 10 minutes uh, per level. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, then you can still understand them. So I'm at 60 minutes? Yeah, I, I have a whole hour on this spell. They, how long do tongues last? Their, their word <laughs> their word for like they're describing what to do and like, who's carrying him. But since they don't know his name, they refer to him simply as the pigeon maker. Oh no! 
<laughs> we are the pigeon makers. <laughs> we are like, the dreamers of the dream. Oh my god. So it's like who So it's like covering their mouth. They're like, who has to carry the pigeon maker? They and like so soul waves over to Marcus and is like, maybe not. Maybe they, only two options. And they, they continue talking and they're like talking about like trading camp duties until eventually one of them finally relents. So let me roll randomly to see which one it is. <laughs> it's Zarice, the blue one. <laughs> I like the blue one. That's great, Marcus. She doesn't like you. <laughs> I'm especially sorry then. Wait. I, I, I looked rather confused at Sol. Wait, why? Well, you're a pigeon maker. And, like, I think Sol, like, <laughs> instinctively says it in their tongue, too. <laughs> they all, so, like, like they all stop. <laughs> and they all kind of look at you. And then they immediately are so, like, squawking <laughs> at each other. Like, why didn't you tell me that she could speak Sarakin? <laughs> like, they're all, like, yelling at one another. <laughs> Shoopsies. Um. So, what just happened? Slip of the tongue. Boom! <laughs> Soul lets their jibber-jabber die down and just, like, looks at Marcus and is like, they don't really like what your race creates with them, is a way to put it. So Zerus, what, they would be cute and adorable, right? So Zerus, like, flutters over to you and says in a tongue you can understand, you're small enough, how would you like to be carried? Whatever's comfortable for y'all. I, I just want to get a good view. Now, let's see. Hold on. Let me, let me actually just check. Let me check Marcus's stats real quick. Ooh, he doesn't maybe, have armor. Uh, do, they have, do we have a chair? Oh, Marcus has an 18 charisma. Marcus, make a charisma check, please. Not not that you're doing anything active. This is a passive charisma check on your part. <laughs> All right, so Zerice the Harpy, now that she's closer to you and looks you over, she says she does have a place with a good view. She uh, she scoops you up and kind of like puts you like on her chest, and she tells you to hold on tight. And she takes off. Soul looks horrified. <laughs> so you're like, oh, basically no. your your head is like nestled between your breasts. <laughs> well, that would be a great look coming back to his family. Soul looks furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I really hope right? that Marcus is actually laughing. No, 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 no. Marcus, Marcus. No, no. <laughs> But, but muffled. But muffled. Yeah. Alright, so the others gather up what they can. You guys load up all of your stuff that you can from the carriage. What do you do with the horses? Time to put them down. Uh, <laughs> Sol doesn't want to like have any part in it. They look really sad and they have their hands covering their face. I mean, if they're still around, they'll come back and pick them up later. Okay, just leave Same them. Same with the carriage. We'll leave uh, like food and food. stuff. Yeah. Soul just looks really sad. Yeah. If I could build, like, turrets, I would totally set up a turret on top of the carriage to keep them safe. Jesus, that would kill the harpies, though, when they come to collect it. Well, no, I wouldn't set it to kill everybody. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it at all, because then it would kill the horses. <laughs> <laughs> they would move, and it would shoot them. All done. <laughs> what a sight to come back to. Jesus. <laughs> The turret sitting on top with a bolt in the back of each horse's head. I, I call it the glue maker. <laughs> Beardy, do the harpies... You, you said it was contract-based when it comes to the... Um, yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Really? There's oh. a contract that's negotiated ahead of time, and a price is agreed upon, and then a price is paid, and then services are rendered. It's very business-oriented, actually. Okay. So pigeons have no redeeming quality? None? Not many, no. Just like a real pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> They're rats with wings, as one might say. Yeah, as, yes. <laughs> makes me sad. You're a winged rat maker. Uh, well, <laughs> oh my god. Can you write that down? <laughs> you, got, you got a 22 on your charisma check, so yeah. I think that actually goes a long way. So, anyway, she's going to pick you up, like I said, nestle you on her chest, oh. and take off. The others will do the same, and the rock, once you're all loaded up, uh, it will take off as well, and follow the rest. <laughs> I just imagine this bird with the head of Dwayne the Rock Johnson every time you say the rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the actual head. Definitely a CG head, actually. Yeah. So what, same one from Scorpion King. Yep. Yeah. Early 2000s. Uh, anyways, so Sol and Vera are up top. Mm-hmm. Levette and Karis are in the container. Yeah. Marcus is flying with Zerus. Mm-hmm. Zerus. Zerice. So you guys take off and fly to the southwest. You can see the line I drew. Uh, Once you pass a river, you continue on until you pass the second river, then you swing south and end up making camp right there at the end of the day. So Uh. during the day, you see it's just some of the most amazing sights you've seen up to this point because none of you have ever flown before, to my knowledge at least. Well, I, I have flown. Yet. Technically, I've flown on my own. Well, just not like this. Yeah, that's this. true. That's true. Not um, for an amazing amount Sol, of time. No. I think, was having a lot of fun, but during it, they were whispering into their ear, telling Gro everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and Gro, Gro goes... It's <laughs> 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 like, just imagine a microphone and someone has a fan pointed directly into it. It's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. That's nice. Glad Tell to hear me. it, honey. <laughs> Does that actually happen that way? No, you're fine. It's magic. Okay, thank you. So yeah, no, they were like probably screaming happily half the time. They were just like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" <laughs> and now they're back on the ground, and they just look really happy. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about your horse. Yeah, I forgot about the horse. <laughs> Trying not to think about it is more accurate. Because the less things you think about that bring you pain, the less you have to deal with pain. Yay! <laughs> Eventually, the sun gets low in the sky, and the harpies just determine a place to land. Um, it's an area next to the river. It's sort of on a nice outcropping of rock. It's nice and flat. And they determine mm-hmm. it would be a good place to nest for the night. So they land and go off to begin performing camp duties. Okay. So one, one starts going out to collect fresh water. One goes out to forage some food if there's anything in the nearby area. And then two other ones build a fire. And they, they seem to have this sort of down as far as what each person's duty is. I you guys think are just... try to probably help if possible. Okay. So you make yourselves useful. And they kinda, yeah. they end up kind of getting into conversations with you all about, you know, what you what you're up to, like who you are, why you're headed to where you're headed. They they seem, you know, somewhat friendly now that you've, you know, paid for their service. 
Um, I'm pretty cool. openly talk about the adventures that we've had, but I'm pretty cagey about stuff prior to that. Okay. Noted. Marcus, they're making camp there by a riverbank. Whoa, wonderful. It's, it's warmer down here by a significant degree than it was up on the road you're at. So even though it's still winter, like, this part of the country is seemingly much warmer. And the weather here seems... I thought it was fall. Uh, yeah, it, it, sorry, it's technically fall. But it was chilly up by the road, and just, like, this short flight down into this other part of the continent, it seems to be much fairer weather. Is it warmer than home? No. Okay, no, interesting. It's, where home it would be like 73, 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Here it's probably 60, 62. So it's slightly too cold to be super comfy, but it's not bad at all. Okay. Where you were on the road before, it was probably mid-40s. So it's significantly warmer down here, is what I'm saying. So you're not sure why that is. Because you're technically hmm. traveling, like, th- th- this is on the southern hemisphere. So you're technically traveling toward the pole by going this way, not toward the equator. Even, But it's still getting warmer. So it's kind of strange. Interesting. Towards the Mary Valley, correct? Yes, toward the Mary Valley. So it's almost as if there's some magic oh. in effect. Uh, would I get a uh, knowledge roll on that? Nah, it's not worth it. <laughs> so... So, Marcus, uh, you land, and once Zerus can finishes their duties, they flutter over to you and ask if they could talk to you in private. All right. Does Sol notice this happening? Make a perception check. You bet I fucking will. That is a 23. 23. Yeah, it's pretty apparent. Sol just, like, glares daggers at Marcus. Specifically Marcus. Good old Marky Mar- Now, hold on. Marky would um, know of the uh, of the contract. Well, you were there the last time this happened when uh, Biff showed up. I imagine you're somewhat familiar with the concept. So, well, yeah, I would, yeah, I'll go. T- yeah, I'll go talk with her. Okay. So she takes you a little bit away from the caravan, from the camp, rather, and she discusses that how handsome of a halfling you are, and how she didn't notice it at first. So she asks if you would be interested in a breeding contract. Ooh. That now I'm gonna discuss this with you out of character because yeah absolutely okay so obviously no because I'm married I... oh yeah didn't stop With you before, before. <laughs> huh um, <laughs> <laughs> well not only that well traveling with traveling with soul has has Marcus pining for home and in these in exhibit so, A oh. one Telly Talbert. <laughs> Supernatural guilt is a thing in this world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, like, if you're suddenly changed your tune, Marcus I guess. Marcus was weak until he met with his friends. Okay. At least. I don't want to insult them mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the size of Mark B. Um, my mouth is small, but it somehow gets in there. How do I politely, I uh, maybe say I have some sort of genetic defect that you really don't want? <laughs> so you want to make a bluff check? Do it. Oh, I don't want her to drop me first time we fly. Oh, God. Be a tactician, Marcus. <coughs> what would you do? Okay. Now, I only say this because I'm flattered. Mm-hmm. I would, if given given my character a different character backstory, I would totally go for that because mm-hmm. that would be so. You I don't have a different character backstory, though. I don't. I don't. I'm just it's saying true. I would be interested to see what a little uh, rock screwy would look like. Sorry, harp harpy screwy. Pigeon. Pigeon rat. Some sort of flying flying rat pigeon monster. Flying rat maker. Hell yeah. with all of you. The hell with all of you. <laughs> um, 
Also, you're getting paid. Yeah, that's true. There is pay with it. Yeah, but guess what? That still doesn't make it nice. That does still doesn't make it right. I know. <laughs> I just, We're being like, devil's advocate, Kurt. Yeah. So, so Cerise will produce basically a pre-filled out form, like a, essentially a contract blank that just has like a space for the for each member of the contract as well as the agreed upon price, and she like hands it to you. Ah. Uh. You, you could read over all the terms if you like. I'm not going to be rude and not. Okay. So the terms are pretty standard. I mean, this is, like I said, it's a blank contract. This is the standard Sarakin breeding contract. It basically says that you would perform, uh, you would, you would perform duties to her uh, for one evening, and in exchange you would be paid a, a compensated a, a agreed-upon sum of gold pieces. You know, it's that, that it's written in at the bottom. And any and all responsibilities thereof and uh, forevermore are not on you. So basically, you would never have to or even have knowledge of the offspring that would possibly be created from tonight. Yeah. In me as a character. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's that pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you call my daughter a pigeon. Uh, <laughs> How about Pidge? Will... Okay, you know what? That's cute. Pidge is I know. Cute. Yeah. Um, I know boom. it's fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just gonna say that I'm I, I'm exceedingly over the over the moon, but I have a, that I'm trying to get back to. Okay, you say that, and Zarice is sort of like confused as as to that as a motivation. Like she legit <laughs> does not understand why that would stop you. She's like, okay. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, she's like, she's like, yeah. So so do I. What's What's your point? Oh, you're killing me, Beardy. <laughs> um, Don't you just want to feel her shoulder fuzz up close? I mean, <laughs> I mean, kinda. Imagine His face could... was already in her chest. I, yeah, I imagine she'd be okay. very soft. Probably. Marcus, yes, Marcus would, but Marcus is. Don't you want to touch? Uh, how... Don't you want to touch the floofy floof? I would explain it as I have a. I already have a contract with another. A, a binding lifelong contract that in its clauses dictate that they have sole ownership. That's pretty much how I would explain it, that, our, that I, I, have, I have currently have a binding contract. Gotcha. So that would be a diplomacy check? Nat 20. Nice! Yeah. Good job, right. Marcus! So that is a 20 plus a modifier of 8. So you got a 28. You explain in pretty deft business terms that you're already part of an exclusivity contract with another female and that any dalliances outside of that would jeopardize half your assets. Uh, and I hope that, I hope, that, and I'm, I, I'm taking that she took that. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. Cerise totally gets it. And they're like, oh, well, never mind then. And they put they put the contract away. And head back to camp. I I cannot yeah. stress enough the absolute zero emotional impact this has on her. Like, uh, like absolutely none whatsoever. I mean, you know what? That makes that makes it hurt that much more. Oh, that's so great. So <laughs> all of us by the campfire, and they're just waiting for Marcus to reappear. Marcus like ruffles up his hair. <laughs> no, Marcus looks. Dapper, AF. No, my, my, Marcus is proud of himself, but definitely feels bad. Feels bad, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel that good. That feel when that. no harpy GF. <laughs> <laughs> no. Marcus would bad. use, like, rage face memes. <laughs> I would say that Marcus is proud of himself for... All right. 
Maybe maybe Marcus and Lovett will actually have something to relate about for once. Yeah. Maybe. Other than being um, short. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're at a fire, pretty much. Has Marcus walked back to the group yet? Oh, yeah. He steps back in from outside the camp, looking um, very proud of himself. <laughs> Soul looks so pissed off. Marcus just sits there and waves. So like, gets up. Mind you, Marcus is thinking to himself that they would be so proud of me. So, like, just shakes their head and starts to walk away, and they look like they're inspecting the area for landmarks. Um, when Soul's looking at me, I give them the two-thumb thumbs up, like, yeah. They look so pissed. They shake their head and they walk away. And they get up would... and leave that fire. Now, to that, Marcus would, would be rather confused and kind of uh, trot past them. What do you want? Find out what's wrong. What? It's wrong. You just went off with a harpy. Yeah. Nothing happened. Nothing? No. Nothing. She also mm. offered me a contract. Uh, she apparently wanted to have my babies. <laughs> That's good timing. Yeah, kind of like that. And like, Soul's <laughs> eyes just grow wide. And did you sign the contract? No. It was, um, it, it was a non-issue. And so kind of have a more domineering, standing over Marcus angry stance, and then they kind of relax, they get back to their natural slouch. And you're okay with this? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, to see what a halfling Harvey would look like, but not enough to, to betray my wife and kids. So, like, kneels down and, like, puts their hand on Marcus's shoulder. I think it would be a very great thing that you are flattered by this, because you should be. And I'm really, actually, really proud that you didn't do it. You've changed. Well, traveling with y'all has uh, given me things to think about. Now I have a path maybe home. So, like, looks like they're considering something. Well, I've got a question. Yes? I feel like Vera wouldn't want to wear a dress or anything. So I feel like her being my maid of honor would be a bad idea. (laughs) It looks like they're like... (laughs) considering something. If we don't die, maybe you'd want to be my man of honor? I'd be honored. And Sol happily nods. I can't wait to introduce you to Grow. He's really wonderful. He's a lot better than I thought he was. Oh, I look forward to that. Me too. I still get to wear, I, I still get to wear robes, right? No. We'll <laughs> 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 make you something. We'll, we'll probably have custom outfits, actually. For you, I will wear not robes. Thank you, Marcus. I think that's one of the sweetest things you've ever told me. (laughs) Don't know if sad or good. (laughs) Uh, Soul gives Marcus the hug. Aww. My thank you. Tight squeeze. Let's go get back and get some food. You bet. And like, Soul kind of tugs on his robe for a second before they get up. I was wrong about you and I'm sorry. No, you were right for a while. So, like, happily, like, kind of squeezes his shoulder, gets up, and kind of leads the way back to the camp. With a slight skip! So, back in camp, you see that Karis is sitting there by the fire, looking really, really pale. More so than normal, which is saying a lot. Oh my. Yeah, apparently the uh, the flight did not agree with her. <laughs> so, normally, Soul's kind of been noticing that Lovette's been really close with Karis, so they've been trying to, like, let them get to know each other. And so they, they, they see Karis like this and they wait and see if Lovette's going to go for it first. Are you okay, Kelly? 
Yeah, I just... That was a really weird experience. The ground shouldn't move like that. The ground does not move it. It's just you know a what I, You know what I mean. I know. <laughs> well, uh, I grew up getting lots of used to sea travel, so it's similar, I suppose. Uh... I want to give her some sort of pointers on like how to not get seasick, but I don't know any actual things, so <laughs> I'm fine. just doing it in the hypothetical. No hypothetically, <laughs> you give her pointers to help her kind of ground herself. Some of the harpies come back from their duties, and essentially they prepare um, a nice meal of ewers, and they have a bunch of fresh-caught fish from the river. Cool. It seems that uh, some of them are pretty good at diving, basically like osprey-style diving. Interesting. It's like they're able to catch fish out of water with their talons. So they come back with like a pretty decent load of fish, and they skewer them and put them over the fire. And they say they hope that everyone enjoys fish. Still gives a thumbs up. Uh, The one that's colored like a macaw sits up and starts singing to the party. They start a song off. Oh, uh, Soul's gonna play music to a company. Lovette curls up and covers her ears. Oh Oh. shit, that's only a 17? Okay. Oh no! 17. So apparently you were distracted, probably from the intense emotional pain over from Lovette. So you play a music along with the singing, and the other harpies also join in with the song. It appears that they have naturally beautiful singing voices, <laughs> and they'll sing like this five-part harmony with each other and with your musical accompaniment. It's uh, it's quite lovely. Oh, guess what I'm gonna throw in there? Dancing lights. Yeah, that. Oh, okay. an aspect of nightingale. Oh shit. And I'm going to try to sing along. Do I have to do tongues if I'm going to sing along with them, actually? If you want to understand what they're saying, but tongues is still active, so... Oh, uh, that's um, only an hour, though. I'd have to reactivate it. It's been a whole day, pretty much. Oh, uh, when did you cast tongues? Oh, way back when. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do that. And then I, since I can, then sing in their language. Okay. Sing along. Boom. A 30. Yeah. Okay. So you... What does Aspect of the Nightingale do? It makes your voice Um, extra resonant and clear. uh, Gives you a plus two check on Perform Sing, so that's actually a 32. So you cast a couple spells, and you sing along with their song, even though you don't know it off the bat. You kind of figure it out as you go. And by the end of the song, you're the sixth part of the harmony. Yay! They they seem very impressed by your performance. The macaw-colored one, uh, especially. She actually kind of flutters over next to you. And uh, introduces herself properly. Uh, she so, knows... uh, what language would she be telling me this in? Oh, she's she's speaking common. Uh, okay. Uh, Vil. Villish. Yeah. She introduces herself as uh, Valia. Hello, Valia. And uh, she says that you know part of part of her duties with the caravan is entertaining both the members of the caravan themselves as well as any guests or people to try to uh, entice them to make better sales. Mm-hmm. So, basically, she's a bard. Cool! Because, ah! uh, you know, because every fifth member of a party should be a bard. Everyone knows that. Should be. <laughs> so, Sol is all over this and is really excited and just chatting it up about music. Mm-hmm. So, you learn that harpy music is almost entirely a song, like uh, singing. They don't really use instruments 
just because of the physicality it required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they do all like naturally have captivating voices, and with training, they can become really astoundingly good at singing. Awesome. Their music is all singing. That is really, really cool. The song they were singing was actually like a little adventure story song about a group of, of merchants trying to find their way back home. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I like it. No, it had to do with a, with a storm. Gotcha. It's really cute. That's essentially what they do there. So they sing that, and then they'll also sing other music as well. They have, they have a large repertoire of songs that they'll sing until the sun is fully down, and then they'll uh, kind of all drift off to sleep, which for them actually is just basically going into a squatting position and then wrapping their wings up around themselves. Uh-huh. Like, they seem fairly hardy. So I'm guessing the rock is a thing that just keeps other creatures away. Yeah, nothing's getting, well. near, nothing's getting near here. If, if you have a, a pet eagle that's the size of, I don't know, two houses stacked on top of each other, nothing's going to fuck. It's an animal that eats elephants regularly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's a really, really big eagle. So, yeah, no, um, they're, they're, they're not at all worried about watch for the most part. They're not concerned. So Soul's debating on whether or not they should do something this evening. I know mostly everyone's gone to sleep. Also, is uh, Karis visibly, like, we can all see that she's uh, sick? Like She probably... was sickened, yeah, but I mean, enough time's passed that she's sort of, her stomach's sort of come back. Would I know any, like, vegetation that could help with... Oh, absolutely. Could I try to find some before, yeah. like, it gets dark and stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, make a knowledge of nature. Okay. I so hope you, you find ginger. You absolutely know what to look for, so now the act of finding it. So go ahead and make a perception check. Perception? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Well, it's an 11. Oh. So sadly, you you know what you're oh. looking for, but you don't find those particular plants growing in this area. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Good try, though. Very sweet. <laughs> so is Lavette and Karis just a duo right now forever? We'll see. Well, no, no, I mean, like, are they currently next to each other? Oh, I don't know, actually. After the song, I'm, I think Lovette would have actually gone off somewhere to be alone. Soul's gonna seek out Lovette and just yeah, in fact, pull I'm off that fucking band aid. I'm gonna be <laughs> sitting back in the crate. Okay. Cool. cool. Alright, so Soul goes over to talk to Lovette. In the crate? I'm, yeah, and I'm actually <laughs> sitting there, like, staring at Archie's orb with, in my hands. What you doing? Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were here. I can, I'm everywhere. I can clear out if you need to take care of something in the crate or something. No, I came here to talk to you. Oh, of course. What's going on? What do you mean? Soul's posture and demeanor change. I would appreciate it if you were serious with me. Well, I am serious about this, but I guess I should just do what Kelly said. Pipe up. When we were going to go down into those sewers, I wasn't just going to tell you that I care about you, but I thought you knew already. I care for you romantically, so... So, like, kind of closes their eyes and thinks for a moment, and then nods. I know. I thought so. I understand that I should just be an adult and move on, and that these things happen, but it is getting difficult traveling with you and seeing your smile each morning, hearing your songs. I feel like you've lost a friend or something or more than that. You never lost a friend. 
you simply thought of a friend as not a friend for a very long time. Yeah, I'm actually going to start speaking in Elvish at this point, but I'm not going to change to the other accent because I'm too many <laughs> layers of thinking. Okay. I suppose. I didn't realize uh, <laughs> this is you're quite so complicated when we first met. Maybe I would have kept my feelings in check, but honestly, I'm not really surprised. I always knew this was my least likely goal to occur. Because everyone around us, everyone we meet, cares about you immediately. You radiate joy and, and happiness. And I'm not good enough for that. Soul walks over. And they want to, like, mess with something just so that they can mess with something. But then they're like, wait, people own these things. <laughs> so they just are looking around the crate. I'll, like, hold out that little sphere. Soul looks unsure and then goes to take it. Okay. It's got a lot to toy with. There are a lot of things to push and twist and t- and you have to you Soul's have to be not very, even very, thinking very, and very just lucky does it. to do something wrong. Okay. Soul's just kinda wiggling it around then while walking around Levette. The thing of the matter is I don't believe you don't deserve happiness. But in the end, I don't think things were going to work out with me. Or anyone, for that matter, very much. Besides, and Soul kind of like bites their lip a little. I live far longer than any of us. All of you are going to die eventually while I'll still be here. Loms can live pretty long. And uh, I could try and correct my previous mistakes. And remedy that even more. Well, as long as I'm the guinea pig, I suppose, then it is okay. Skull does not seem to understand what that meant. Oh, but it tries it is a, this is not necessarily the time. I cannot shake the feelings that I have still lost you somehow. Soul looks down at the object in their hand. I apologize. I never felt romantically inclined towards you, and I know that's not something that's easy to hear, but an honest statement. However, when I realized that you felt things towards me, I was giving you distance in hopes that that would cause you to maybe dislike me. Well, it may have worked at sometimes, but I can't hang on to it very long. And Sulk looks down at Levette. Why do you even like me? I'm a terrible person. I will confess, a lot of these decisions you have made seemed to me to be uh, rather unwise. Uh, Soul raises their eyebrows uh, and I, they look really kind of... <laughs> I'm well, you I've seen you have so much and uh, not maybe see that all the time but uh, well this decision to that you just made me actually be one of the more admirable things I have uh, been afraid of. But, Soul but, looks uh, very offended. But ultimately it wasn't a, it, it wasn't you still a good person. I couldn't see those as big problems. Please, tell me why you think my decision is horrible. Is it horrible? Yes. Why do you think, think so. my engagement is wrong? No, I do not think that it's wrong. 
as much as it hurts to say that. I think that was probably the right call. I haven't met this man, but I'm sure it's more than probably better for you than Siva. Uh, I just mean that you have, uh, really, you told us that you ran away from school and from your family and duties. And mm -hmm. uh, honestly, hurt to hear, you saw a lot of opportunities that I would have killed to have. So, like, leans down and looks Levette straight in the eyes. Would you have given up everything you've ever known or wanted to do just to sit in a house for the rest of your life and become a breeding subject to make one child that you can eventually force to do that in the future? And they're looking back and forth between your eyes. Now, if you fucking tell me that I am just giving up things, then you need to learn some more things about me. Well, they do. It wasn't. Not just saying that, I was saying I could understand it was more to you, but I did not know what it was. Soul is just staring directly into Lovett's eyes. I'm not going to make eye contact. Oh, <laughs> that she's probably like, makes Soul angry. <laughs> her face is buried deep into her knees. She's just like, oh shit, this is exactly the opposite of what I want to happen. <laughs> look, Lovett. And Soul stands back up, but they're pretty annoyed that they wouldn't look at them. I want you to be happy, but I'm not the person to give that to you. You are the only one who can make yourself happy. Relationships don't fix things. They're simply a partnership that you decide to go into because both parties agree as such. It still won't fix your life. I can't do that, though. Can't do what? I can't make myself... I can't forgive myself. What did you do that was so awful that you can't even forgive yourself? You're a good person from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard the most important person in the world to me. Your parents? No, they were already gone. She was the only one who was really there. And I was so foolish and arrogant at that I ruined everything forever. <sighs> The past is in the past. It's time to move forward and take up what you can. Carve your own destiny with your own hand. But what you see that's why they left my, my parents, run away, get why. I cause so much pain among us and our friends and why I need to just go disappear. It just... Soul takes one of Lovette's hands and puts the ball into their hand. Maybe it's better to start by talking to people instead of assuming they know things. Avoiding conflict doesn't always help. And sometimes it's easier. And I personally like doing that. But saying sorry might be the best stop. If you're worried about you hurting people, then that might be your beginning. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm not upset with you. And so like ruffles Levette's hair. Friends? And I'm sorry, I... Not been completely honest with you, with all of you. Soul I looks confused for a second. Meant to tell you about this before, but I just heard too much. Told us about your parents, or is this something else? Oh, I, no. <laughs> I think that was a miscommunication. This is awkward. Soul starts to get frazzled, just like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. What? But <laughs> my parents left, so I, I hired someone else, but I ruined everything for her. Everything. I, 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 have I told you why I was removed from school? You 
did not. Well, I could have been sent to prison. Uh, my family managed to use what ties they had to keep me out of the jail, but I was expelled for murdering another student. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Soul, like, has a deadpan face of just, like, it looks like they're just absorbing this information, but they're trying not to react currently, and they're just letting you tell your story. Somewhere, Karis nods, like, smiling. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that checks out. Um, I didn't mean to hurt her. I, I was only trying to help, but I was foolish, and I, as I, you know, more than most, I don't make good decisions. Like, was this intended mur- You said it was an accident. It was an accident. Then that's not murder. Well, okay, maybe Elvishla or definitely is no I don't know with, you know, with the details of your terms for murder, but the point is that I screwed up. Soul nods. And is it okay that you're even going back to the steam aisle if this is a thing that happened? I'm not considered a criminal, but I'm not exactly like myself. I never really did. Then why go back? Because I have not seen my mother since. I don't remember what my mother's face looks like. I want to find out. Do we have to hide you while we're there? I don't think so. I didn't make my departure a secret. Okay, okay. And so it looks like they're thinking, we'll figure it out. We'll find a way to see your mother, okay? I'm, I'm not insulted about that, but I'm having second thoughts. I think maybe I wouldn't want to spread my bad luck to them. Soul's eyes start to slit a little, and they're just like, we're already halfway there. I know. I suppose. I may just well finish what I started for once. Like, Soul like, looks like they're thinking over something, and then they look smile. I'm told that cold feet doesn't really end well for families. So, perhaps it's just a feeling that you need to get over. I mean, we're going there anyways. It's better to just do it instead of avoid it for your entire life. Yes, I suppose. Well, that was not exact. That could be uh, easier than you might think. Soul doesn't seem to understand, but nods anyways. (laughs) Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I don't mean to be a burden on you. I feel as if I am. And so, like, kind of rocks back a little. Like, looks like they're assessing things in their head. I was worried once about it. But in honesty, you're still my friend. And I want to help you. I just feel like... Why? 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 Why why do I want to help you or why am I your friend? Which one? Well, yes. I don't know. You helped me get out of a sticky situation when we first met. And although I didn't trust you at the time or anyone for that matter, you were still very sweet and kind to me. It's just, I don't know. Families. And like, soul looks like there's some other thing they're realizing as they're talking. Sometimes people and families make mistakes and they regret it for a really long time and it's not actually healthy at all and really an easier thing is to come to terms and just talk 
about it to each other. And families stick together. So that, yeah. Are you talking to me right now? Soul's head shoots up. Well, of course I am. I'm not really concerned about that. I think, I don't know. I Oh, I said, suppose there is something else I should mention. Mm-hmm. If we go to this demise, there are some people there we might want to avoid. Um, avoid? Yes, it's just a few of them, so it should not be too difficult. But uh, maybe that is a thing that you should be aware of. Mm. Well, if they find us, maybe we can just beat them up. And, like, Sol just cracks their knuckles in front of Levette. I'm not sure that would go over well. Eh, it was more a joke. I've just been trying to make you smile, really. Oh, okay. Thank you. Sol stands up and stretches. <sighs> I'll be around in the morning. I hope you sleep well tonight. I hope so, too. And Sol walks off. All right. All right. So the rest of the camp uh, has mostly gone to sleep at this point. You know what I'm going to do. Yep. <laughs> cool. Another time. Another oh. Oh, wine down. <laughs> Another wine. Another wine. Yeah. <laughs> Another wine. Another wine bites the dust. There it is. All right. So that is going to move us to the next day, which will be the 18th of November. Uh, that day, pretty much as soon as the sun comes up, those harpies are awake. Seems to probably be something in their bird nature. So at the moment there's light, they are up and going. Uh-oh. Okay. Yep. Whoopsies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, it's fine. Soul will come back eventually. Marcus takes his pillow and puts it over his head and muffles to himself, somebody throw a blanket over them. So they seem to be aware that their guests are not quite as agile as they are in the morning, so <laughs> they seem to be just packing up and getting ready, And but they're, they're not going to just leave you all behind. They do have an agreement to honor, after all. So some time passes, and eventually everyone is awake and together. You load back into you know, various carrying methods, and they take off and carry you the rest of the way to the Merry Valley. All right, that's good. We're going to put you guys there. That gets you to the Merry Valley. Oh, yeah, talking to Karis on the the crate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so you guys are on your way from the riverside there, south of the Zash Basin, all the way to the Merry Valley. And during that travel, Karis seems to be holding their stomach and braced against some crates. Okay. Above Um, you here. Whee! Fair look! Look, look! Fair look at this! I, I see it. I see I it. I think I got him! Oh, it's another <laughs> bird. I get it. And we're in the same visual height! <laughs> Meanwhile, Marcus is riding like a badass. Is, is he uh, still being carried? Uh, he's being carried this time by the arms, though. So, talent, oh. talent to each uh, bicep. Business class. Yep. Yeah. You got downgraded, fish. Well, fish. Yeah. I mean, it's still a decent view, depending on where you're looking. Fair to fur. What? I'm just saying, you get like a nice view of the whole surrounding area this way. Before, he was just uh-huh. like looking at tits. Now he can like look Gross. around and see the whole world around him. 
What did you think? All right. I, what did you think? I'm I meant? not talking about this. What did you think what I meant? Mm-hmm. So the conversation that happens between Levette and Harris. You find yourself in that crate uh, like you did yesterday, and Karis is leaning up against some crates, holding her, her stomach, groaning every so often. Please, you yeah. said if I needed to talk, that you'd be willing to now a good time. She kind of like looks at you deadpan. Uh, Remember the yeah, I don't D-plus, have anywhere D-plus. else to go right now. I guess so. Yeah, lay it on me. Oh, well, when you put it like that, it sounds like I'm torturing you. It's okay, it can be another time. Uh... <laughs> Vet, what is it? Oh, sorry. I just... I don't know, I just... So frustrated by this whole... This whole business. I just can't... Get it out of my head, no matter how much I try. Well, talk to me, okay? What's going on? I, I don't... I don't know, I... I talked to them about how I felt, but it didn't really go how I imagined. Uh, what did you think would happen? Well, it was a bit lukewarm. I was not expecting that. It doesn't answer my question. Yes, well, I guess I don't really know the answer. I didn't really think they would change their mind, but I was hoping that I would come out feeling more wanted. But I suppose in plain sight, it doesn't seem realistic anyway. Well... You're a really, you're a really great friend, and I would really like to give you a hug, but it's probably a terrible idea. Honestly, I would be okay with that. I don't care if it hurts. She kind of like squints. You're not sure if it's because she feels abdominal pain or if it's she's trying to understand you. Are you serious? Sure. Okay. She moves over and envelops you in like a really tight hug, <laughs> and it feels really nice. To, like, make a physical connection with another person. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you, you feel, oh, man, this is this is a good hug for about four seconds. I need you to make a fortitude save. <laughs> Natural 20. Damn. All right, all right. I'm serious about this hug business. So you, you hug back as well, and um, she keeps hugging you, and another six seconds pass, and you sort of feel her skin grow really cold wherever you're touching her, and I need you to make another fortitude save. All right. This one is a 16 to a total of a 19. 16 to a total of a 19. All right. You again shrug off the effects. You can feel her trying to, like, break off the hug because she's worried she's hurting you. Oh, well. And, uh, but it it hasn't hurt you yet, so. No. She's just just... on real tight. Okay. She kind of, like, starts to move away, and feeling that you're kind of holding on even harder, she continues hugging you. Make another fortitude save. Oh, wow. This is a 17 <laughs> for total 20. Levette, you should stop this. Okay. Thank you, though. I really needed that. All right, so you, you break the hug before you have to make a fourth fortitude save. So, first of all, goddamn, good rolls. <laughs> and she's sitting there, like, she's looking at her hands, and she's like, thank you. It's been a Thank you. really long time since I've touched anyone for that long. Thank you, Galis. It's the same as true for me. <laughs> for less practical reasons. I don't mean to diminish the moment, but uh, in a more practical matter, I wonder if uh, these effects would occur on Archivald. He may be able to uh, make contact with you. It's not 
warm, but if you're if you want to try it, I suppose. Maybe not in this crate. Okay, but look, what I said is true. All right, you're a really good friend, and you deserve happiness. I'm just not really good at, you know, feelings and all that, so I don't I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah, that is uh, more than enough. Thank you, Kellys. And uh, don't forget to do the deep breaths. Close your eyes, count to ten. You'll feel much better. <laughs> she nods, closes her eyes, starts to try to like breathe a slow rhythmic beat. So while we're flying... Yes, I still see the bird. Soul's actually going to be just singing during it, but really badly, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> because they can't seem to get air into their lungs properly. I imagine you take, like, a, you take like a breath and a bird just flies into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a one. Well, even even a one is not that bad with your modifier of 17, yeah. so you still sing better than most people can. I don't know. I usually consider a one as a true fail, normally. No, not on a skill check. Only under very specific circumstances is a one not a fail for a skill check. Alright, well it's the shittiest singing I've done in a while. It is, it is the worst singing you've done in a while, but you can chalk that up to the fact that you're tied to a crate flying through the air. <laughs> so, um, as you try... It's to... just okay. Yeah, it's just better than most. So as you're traveling southwest, you can see an enormous structure. You see this huge, twisted-looking tower... It must be 500 feet tall. It's it's really enormous. Um, it's asymmetrical, and it, it sort of takes different strange angles as it moves up from the ground, and it comes to, like, a solid point out of the ground. It looks almost like a strangely shaped thorn that's erupted, it's erupted from the ground there. It is, like, a dark brown color, but it also seems to, like, where the sun strikes it and reflects off of it, it seems to shimmer as if it's made of some sort of metallic substance. Interesting. So, like, kind of yells over to wherever Marcus is flying, I guess. Do you see that? He totally <laughs> sees it. <laughs> All right. So beyond that, you see a rolling valley filled with small hills, tiny ponds, streams, also, like, little windmills and farms that dot the landscape for as far as the eye can see. It is sparsely populated, but it just keeps going and going and going. So this appears to be the edge of the Merry Valley. How tiny are the houses? Uh, the houses are pretty small. They're about two-thirds the size of a human house. Most of them So appear... they're real small for me. Yeah, most of them appear to be a thatched roof, or some of them are even built into the sides of hills. Interesting. So that a lot of them are partially subterranean. It appears that most people here have a garden of a fairly decent size, and the series of streams act as irrigation for little farm fields that dot the area. So the the rock circles a bit until it finally lands just to the northeast of one of the smaller towns. Sulk unties himself from the top and just lets himself down. I look up and like, you need help getting down, Vera? I'm good. Okay, just checking. I was jumping down. You jumped down? Acrobatics. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you want to see now? Is he going to argue with me? 15. Acrobatics. 
No, if you're jumping down, that's fine. So you uh, you jump <laughs> off and you land safely and with no problem. Like this is just off the crate, right? Yeah, it's just off yeah. the crate. Yeah. Well, the last time I jumped off a boulder, I needed to take an acrobatics check. Yeah, that was a long time ago. You uh, you land with no problem. You can already cool. see style. style. You already see a fair number of commoner folk beginning to gather. You see a bunch of uh, um... moving up from the villages <clears throat> nearby. Like with like uh, uh, carts and wagons being pulled by ponies and donkeys. All right, souls just looking around. They've got a wide eye. Pupils are huge. They look so fascinated because they've never been here. So this is all brand new to them. Yeah. They yeah. look ecstatic. And everything <laughs> here is made for someone three feet shorter than you. <laughs> so tiny, and so they're like tiptoeing oh. everywhere. I feel pretty cozy then. Yeah, no, this is like. <laughs> First time in a while that everything's built to something, to almost your height. I don't have to climb on stools? That it's is like, awesome. You're only a little short for this place. <laughs> but not very much, because no. she is a tall gnome nonetheless. Right. I need to get my Shire music. Do we know where we're going? So, Zerice hops down and says that you're free to go. We'll depart here in two days and head to the Steam Isle. Soul gives a thumbs up and then takes one of the necklaces that they ended up just keeping from the telecast and they like offer it to her. It's just like a, a pretty necklace? Yeah. Well, what's this for? Just a thank you. But we already negotiated a price. It's just a gesture. There is oh. no need for a return. Oh, it's, it's called it's called a tip. Gratuity. Yes. Oh. She kind of like leans herself forward. So that you can put it on her head, I assume. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I put it on her. <laughs> I thought she was inspecting like, it. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she was sort of like, she, sorry, she sort of leans forward and puffs her chest up a little bit. Okay. Sol puts it on her then. There you go. Hmm. She like looks very pleased with it. Which one was this? Uh, Zerice. The blue one. Yeah. This is a weird way of Sol being happy that... Marcus didn't sleep with her. <laughs> I don't know if it's fully known to Soul why they want to do this, but I'm sure there's that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate all your help and going out of your way to, well, help a bunch of idiots. But, oh, all right. She seems, like, <laughs> she seems confused by your sentiment and goes about her day. Soul shrugs. All right, so while... That was happening. Uh, halfling commoners started arriving with wagons full of various goods, and the other four harpies are happily hopping around, talking to them, and basically starting to barter for things. Be salesmen. Yeah. You can hear no. the familiar sound of haggling. Oh, I love that sound. That's refreshing. Don't get screwed. Don't get Marcus wrong. He was not tempted, however... Very curious as to how it, how it would have gone down. Like, how does a harpy have sex? From purely, um... Scientific uh, sci- standpoint. Scientific standpoint. That's what they all say. <laughs> That's how they get you. That's how they get you. You're curious. Like, so, yeah, so how does this work? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh let me, say, let me oh, save oh, these pictures. Oh. oh, that's how this works. Anyways, oh. um, <laughs> so we're now in the Marylands, where Marcus is maybe from, question mark. How is we're Marcus feeling now that he's he? Well, yeah, Marcus, you are around people your size. 
And they... Other than just me. Like, what's interesting... Well, true. Now, what's interesting is, for the first time, you sort of blend in with the crowd, and all these people think that, oh, look at all these new travelers, and they're, like, looking at everyone but you. Because <laughs> oh. they just assumed you were one of the common folk. Oh. Especially because yeah. you just walked around wearing robes. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Does yeah. anybody else have robes on? In the party? No, no, in the village. In, in the Mary Valley, or is it? am I just the weird one? Oh, no, a lot of them are wearing traditional, like, farmer's clothing. They're wearing commoner's clothes, so. Ah. Nothing really all that fancy. But then again, it was Marcus wearing something fancy, I oh, think. no, earth tone robes? No, not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you blend in. You just look like some local clergyman, or possibly a hedge wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? It's a hedge wizard. What is a hedge wizard? A oh. Low level wizard that just lives in a town. Oh. I thought you meant that my powers are hedge based. Um, no. Hedge-based. No, like, like, like hedge based really magic. Good at, uh, a topiary. Like I'm no. Good at a topiary. No. How is Marcus feeling? Is he happier? Does he feel? How are, how is his evil soul? Oh, yeah, energized. no, so so because you're finally around a large number of people, you sort of, like, get a little bit of a boost. You sort of feel more energized. Not quite as much as you did when you were in a city, but this is better than it's been in a long time. So, now that the Harpies are more distracted by doing sales and stuff, Sol just looks at Marcus and is like, so, shall we go see a dragon? Yes, absolutely. And um, He finally caught his words. He's like, did you see that spire? What? Did you see the spire? Spire. Oh, oh I heard spider. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. No, I didn't. Where is it? <laughs> Let's kill it. I was like, Weavers? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't that so cool? Wasn't it so cool flying above it? I did it! Sol and Marcus just freaking about, out about things together. And Sol, like, grabs Marcus's hand. And I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go! Where, where are we going? To the spire! Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, first week before we go... What? Uh, we're in my town. We're, we're, we're in my, amongst my people. Let's go okay. Nosh Okay. Nosh? Uh, food! We're gonna go get some good oh. food once. Sol looked insulted by how poor the word sounded for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like rolls their eyes, but in more of an endearing way, and then follows after Marcus. All right, All right we go find some delicious, delicious halfling food. Hmm. Soul is very uncomfortable and hunchy everywhere. I'm making sure that Karis is not feeling too sick. She's surviving out here, and of course, all of you are curiosities to the locals. Of course, so like, like, like except for waving Marcus. at everyone. They like being center of attention. So they're waving at everyone. Pretty much if they like catch someone's eye, they like wave with both hands. They're um, very friendly. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, they're like... The differentness of this place has picked up Levette's mood a little bit. Yeah. So they're, they kind of move up and uh, most of them are here to deal with the harpies to like buy things or even just to look at the curiosities that they're bringing with them from far lands. Because mm-hmm. like, like you know about halflings, they don't typically leave their homeland. So this is kind of like, this is the world coming to them basically. So this is kind of cool for them. This is something they look forward to. Are these, cool. These, when these traders come into town. So a, a fair number of them, like, while they're waiting for the harpies to have some free time to talk to, they kind of looking at you guys, wondering what you're up to. And a few of them will even, like, walk up and introduce themselves. Aww. They're not 
ridiculously. They're not wealthy people by any stretch, but... So, one of them introduces himself as Oswin Gordbottom. Ah. And he's a, he introduces himself as a local farmer in the area. He's sitting on a small cart being pulled by a donkey. Mm-hmm. And the cart is filled with cabbages. Gordbottom. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Oswin Gordbottom. Beautiful. Dad ass, though. So all, like, goes over to him, and it, they smile and wave, and they're like, yeah. oh, sorry. I said he offers his hand to shake. Soul shakes his hand. Oswin. Oswin Gordbottom. Soul. <laughs> That's a fine name there. Thank you. So uh, I'm a farmer in these parts. Hmm. What brings you all big folk here? Soul points at the spire. Oh. Going to see Zell, are you? Mm-hmm. Well, Is it uh, coming to do so? Uh, not so much. But, you know, yeah. some folk come this way for that. We have here uh, an extremely unnatural halfling, and we are hoping we could find some answers. Which one? <laughs> uh, he looks so, around at so the whole crowd. Brings yeah, like Marcus forward in, in front. Oh, yes, uh, there he is. That's him. Oh, hello. Hey there, son. You don't look so unnatural to me. Never judge a book by its cover. Sounds like you just need a hearty bowl of soup. You got rock soup. Paul does not look amused by this. <laughs> well, not on me, no, no, boy. No, but... kind of rock. Wrong kind of rock, but yes. It like pats his pockets. Well, not on me. Uh, 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 these are my people. They sure yeah, are, Marcus. Are. <laughs> Anyways, I was wondering if there was like a family here with the last name of Cupside? What? Soul's not oh, sure if oh, they oh, pronounce Marcus's high. last name okay. correctly. He taps his oh, chin. Boy. Well, I'm from Clay Hill. He points over one of the nearby hills to one of the small towns. And I never heard that surname there before. Could be from one of the other ones. Other ones? Other towns! Huh? How many towns are there in the area? There's a bunch. Oh. Just just the ones that I'm just throwing out on the map now are okay. clay... Well, you, you can figure them out as you go, but... Hey. There's a bunch. All the, each of these red dots has a name now. So it looks like they're debating on if they, like, want to figure out more just by doing their knowledge skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they, they look at Marcus and they're like, look, I don't know if I should wait to, like, look for your family before or after we see the dragon. Yeah. The dragon may know where to locate your family if you do not know each town. Well, uh, you would... Do they have, like, a local dorical library? Not exactly, no. Okay. They've never needed one. I can tell you why. Why? Just ask the dragon. Because the protector protector of the halflings, uh, Zell, he has a photographic memory. He's super ancient, and he he basically takes it upon himself to know every single halfling. Go to the tower, guys. He knows knows them all by face and name. He's he's real old. So I guess we're going to go see a dragon after. Let me me put it this way. Dragons like like stuff. Dragons own stuff, right? He likes knowledge. No, no. He likes halflings. Stop stop stepping on my toes here. I'm trying to explain (laughs) how this guy works. (laughs) Dragons are all creatures that have a horde, right? They all own stuff. They all collect things. And whether that's knowledge or wealth or power, they're all driven... For that, right? And depending on the kind of dragon that is going to push them down a specific path 
to that, right? So certain types of dragons are going to be more focused on gold, some are more focused on knowledge, some are more focused on power. And, you know, usually those things come hand in hand, so you end up with some combination of the three. So Zell, like a lot of gold dragons, his horde takes the form of basically stewardship. So he takes pride in having people under his protection. And the more okay. people the more people that he knows, the more people that he protects, the more fulfilled he is. It's the same thing with like a red dragon hoarding gold. He hoards protection, essentially, or or, or Interesting. stewardship. So he's taken upon himself to basically gather all these halflings into one place and make sure they're okay. So he doesn't like force them to live here, but you know, he, he found a good place for them to live where they'd be protected from the outside world and that they would be allowed to live full lives with you know together out here. And he does his best to ensure their survival and safety. And he's also very knowledgeable when it comes to his, his horde, as all dragons are. Every dragon of every stripe has a photographic memory and photographic knowledge of their horde. Meaning if you stole money out of a gold dragon's pile of gold, they would know exactly how much you took. Like, they're, they're ridiculously, they have like a supernatural sixth sense about that. Well, Zell's the same way with halflings. That's, that's his horde. Interesting. So, after we have a lunch slash dinner, a linner perhaps, mm. Sol does not like litter? being in the building of any of the establishments. They are so, like, slouchy and pretty much oh, curled up into themselves. You can, you can find a restaurant with outdoor seating. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, like, a tavern slash mead hall that has, like, a patio, and you can mm-hmm. kind of, like, just sit on the floor. You can sit on the ground and still be tall enough. So it's essentially, like, if you were to sit cross-legged at the table, you'd be at the same thing <clears> as a halfling <throat> in a chair. Crisscross applesauce. Well, Sol would be sitting crisscross applesauce. You're right. <laughs> Sol will probably do that. They have been beaming the entire time, past like being uncomfortable with how tall they are. They look really excited to just be somewhere new. So the food here is bountiful to a crazy degree, which has driven food prices very, very down, like very low. So you can get. Like, you go to this little eating establishment, and for just a couple of silver coins, they bring you way more food than you can eat. Ooh. Now, their menu's pretty standard, like, home cooking kind of stuff. So they've a house stew that they prepared that day, and then they also have, like, probably a shepherd's pie. Okay. Uh, Do they have stuff to drink? Is alcohol cheap? Yeah, no, they, yeah, no, they, 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 they do beers and ciders. All right, I'm going to get... Pretty much exclusively. That is not quite done getting plastered. This is healthy. This is healthy. This is fine. Yeah, this is good. This is good. How much food and ale would five gold get me? That would be more than the entire party's ordered. Like, one one and a half gold would be more than enough. My God. No, you, you could get... A filling meal here for probably two silver. All right, I'll spend three gold. Good God! All right, so they they basically did bring out like mounds of food and drink for everyone. So it looks yeah. uncomfortable with how much food there is. I do believe they would call that a smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, um, one of the old halfling women running the place uh, comes out and makes sure to comment that all of you look entirely too thin. 
So, I don't know about so, that. Like, it just keeps the air coming. So looking at their stomach. <laughs> Too thin? And, I don't know. So, yeah. like, looks really personally bothered by the too thin comment. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the halflings seem to, uh, encourage you to eat up. Soul's gonna just pick out the food, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Typical elves, right? Am I right, guys? <laughs> right. Yeah. I am right. And yeah, I'm totally <laughs> spreading the food around for everybody with the three golds worth. I'm like, as long as you keep ill coming, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bring you uh, uh, the biggest mugs they can, which are basically <clears throat> human-sized glasses. Alright, I get chugging. So I'll actually request if they can get tea. They're not sure if that's a thing. Yeah, they have tea. So we'll have some tea. Yep. They ask if it's alright if it's sweetened with honey. Oh, so claps their hands like, of course I'd love it with honey. Mira will also get tea. Because of the honey? Because there's honey in it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, can Vera, I have some honey, uh, some tea as well, but without the tea? Vera was afraid she was going to have to put honey in the beer <laughs> again. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they, I'll get her mead. Well, they have mead. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mead house. It's fucking mead, yeah. Sol just doesn't feel like drinking. Yeah, that's all right. Vera's I wasn't gonna, judging you. <laughs> Vera's going to get fucked up on mead. It's like the, one of the few things Vera drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> I don't think Vera had the wine that uh, she was offered. Soul's just kind of quietly sipping there and like watching everyone. Yeah, the, the halflings don't really care for bitter drinks of any kind. They prefer their drinks to be sweet. So That's like, okay. Soul's totally a sweet kid person. They, they like honey flavorings and other sweet things. Oh, so they, they ask about like candies and like desserts then. Oh boy, okay, so they say you should visit this uh, this bakery in town and they, they have a wide selection of confectionaries. Sol is nodding very enthusiastically. So Sol is enthusiastically nodding and then's like, I will get dessert when we come back from the dragon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right as you said the dragon too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is Karis eating? Yeah. Karis is eating, even though, like, it, there, she's just kind of, like, picking at the food because her stomach is still not quite settled from the journey. <laughs> yeah. But she's doing her best to try to, like, at least sample cuisine from this new culture. Gotcha. I'll try to get her to drink a lot, too, even though she's queasy because I know she likes to drink, <laughs> and I'm drunk. So I don't really think well, she likes wine. Yeah, but she got, she liked a lot of wine. If they have wine that, and, and she doesn't drink the ale, then I'll try to order some wine. Hey, we're like the worst enablers of all time. Solo's oh, yeah. just shaking their head. We're the least fit parents. Guys, do you think it's really a good idea to be drinking before we present ourselves to a dragon? Marcus has been sipping on wine, <clears throat> so just not going hog wild, but yeah. very, very mindful of who we're going to be going to. Too, so. so wait, are we going to talk to him today? I might have been mi- yes. under a misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. I thought we had to the next day. Oh, no, no, no. no. We don't have that much time here. Okay. We don't have that much time, but we wanted, oh, to, we, I wanted you to show my my people's delicious foods. So I was under the impression it's much later than it probably is. I kind of want to take some of that back if it's possible for me to do so. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah, what would you like to take back? Just the insane amount. I'm still going to buy one gold's worth, but not... And I'll just kind of consider uh, 
like most of it a tip. I'm not like expecting them to bring out a bunch of money or a bunch of food. I will spend once we get back and have and people are in party mode. <clears throat> yeah, now it's a bit more of a serious like we gotta present ourselves to a giant fucking dragon. <laughs> still, still getting a, a drink or two or three. Soul doesn't agree with this. <laughs> but not getting hammered. Just keeping things underneath. Soul looks like they've been like kind of messing with their outfit, trying to figure out how to look presentable. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? I just want to look good for the dragon. Why? I have a special question to ask him. I want to be presentable. He's an important figure in this country. It's just another individual. Like, Soul's face is just like, the fuck? <laughs> okay, so, if that's how you feel. It's a fucking dragon? He's giant and could eat us in one nom. You're getting prettied up for the proletariat, is that what you're saying? He's not there to eat. I know, but I want to look good. Yeah, look, piping. Let's go Thank see a dragon. Thank you, Marcus. That sounds good to me. Soul finishes their cup of tea. I have like a half of, half a thing of port left, and I go, you know what? Ow. Let's roll. <laughs> Everyone ready? All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> to the tower. To the spire. To the sweat jump, not my balls. Ow, Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so we start heading towards the spire then. Yep. All right. So you guys head over to the, the spire. And like I said before, it looks like sort of a... a blackish brown metallic thorn sticking out of the ground. It definitely looks unnatural. It doesn't look like it belongs here. It looks like it was created somehow. And at the bottom is a tiny little sign post bashed into the ground uh, outside of a small door. The door looks like it's sized for a halfling. Oh. Oh. There appears to be no other windows or doors anywhere on this thing. Huh. Maybe uh, Marcus should be the only one going through yeah. Soul looks really upset. Tell you what, let me go talk to him first. Let me announce us. He, he's, he likes us halflings. Let, let me go in first. I'd, I'd really hate for y'all to come all this way just to get barbecued. Soul like nods, but their eyes kind of look teary because they're unsure if they're going to get an answer from the question they've been wanting to ask. Do you have something you want to tell Marcus? No, he'll come back and let us know. Marcus goes in. Okay. I like that, like, I said there was a sign stuck there next to the thing. Nobody nobody even said to read it. It's like, oh, oh there's a signpost. Fuck it. Let's just fucking go in there. Oh, oh. Well, just Marcus <laughs> did, so Soul's right, no, gonna read fine. the sign. Well- no, the, 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 sign, the, sign the sign says Halfling's Welcome. That's it. That's all it Aww. says. Oh, that's a good thing we, y'all didn't come in. Uh, not, not, okay, let me make sure the quote is clear. It says, Halfling's Welcome. End of sign. It, doesn't, it does not specify that other people are not welcome. It just specifies that halflings are. Yeah. Air to the side. Yeah. Air to I side. would not mind waiting outside. I understand the need. Uh, you may have a privacy. Okay. I'm curious, but uh, yeah. I need to your judgment, Marcus. Uh, so, like, sits down outside the door and just is staring at it. <laughs> I don't know how we want to play that, uh, Beardy. Do you want to have? Do, do you want to go to a different chat, or do you want to? Oh, it's, it's up to you. How would you like to handle that? Do you want to be out here in the open with everyone else, or do you want to do this in, in the secret room? You know, I, I haven't had a secret room. Ta- uh, version, <laughs> so I, I want to go to the secret. All right, secret room it is. We'll be back, everybody. Have fun, guys. So you uh, push open the small door and you walk into this enormous mountain-sized tower 
And as soon as you walk inside, you're enveloped in pure darkness. A moment later, there's sort of a rush of wind, and you find yourself in a cozily lit cavern. And if you look around the room, you see that there's no visible entrance, so you're not sure how you got in here. Like, there's no door behind you. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, Uh, I call out... In front of you is a well-appointed and well-decorated room with a long, low table covered in various foods and sweets. Uh, the walls are decorated with like knitted items, paintings, portraits, like landscapes, and also portraits of halflings. Aww. Little knickknacks in cupboards and cabinets, stacks of fancy plates, like just on and on and on, these tiny little... Essentially, gifts uh, that they probably that over generations he's yeah. that they've given him. You get the sense that that's probably what these all are are just little little things that the halflings gave over time. And he probably remembers every single halfling that gave it to him. Yeah, that's part of his, his hoard. So, at the far end of this table, this long low table, is an enormous pile of gold scales, basically. Just this big lump. Oh my. Uh, I call out, hello? You, uh, you see, like, some movement as this lump sort of, like, rears up and kind of, like, stretches out and takes on a more dragon-like shape. Oh my. Let me see here. I believe I can share this to just you. Okay. There you go. Yep. So you see this figure before you. You see an enormous golden-scaled dragon. He blinks a few times with brilliantly shining green eyes and uh, turns to look at you. He looks at you and blinks a few times, kind of sleepily. Hello. I was told you might be able to help me. Uh, sorry, I forgot his name. Uh, his full name is Zel Narifkef. Zel Narifkef, protector of the halfling. I was told you might be able to help me. I suppose I can, he says. And he kind of like... Walk, like takes a step toward you and kind of bends his enormous, like cranes his enormous neck down, and kind of puts his head relatively close to uh, to you. His head's about ten feet in front of you oh, and above. He smiles with a lots of teeth. <laughs> Nervous. He blinks a few times and kind of kind of cocks his head a little bit to the side. No, no, this isn't right. What is it? He kind of shakes his head, blinks a few more times. What are you doing here? Coming to see you. I was, I'm, uh, I traveled quite far to find you. Who sent you? He kind of like narrows his eyes. Talked to uh, Hildegard. Said you would be the person to talk to. I don't know if you know her. She's a... He sort of snorts. I know her. He also sort of frowns if such a thing is possible. He says that does not answer my question though. Who sent you? No one. I, I you kinda, was. You kind of hear him kind of grump, like you can hear a sort of a, a grumble or growl almost in his throat. And he kind of like, he finally like for the first time he actually stands up, like on, on all fours. And he's immense. <clears throat> oh yeah, no, he's, he's, he would be considered I think colossal sized. He's probably well over 100 feet long. Oh my god. He kind of like holds his head up as if he's listening to something. And then his wings open up and everything goes dark. Oh, no. All the, like, all the lights go out, and you feel like the wind from his wings uh, whoosh over you, and you find yourself back outside. He what? cast me out. What? 
he what? cast me out. He asked who sent and I don't think he liked the answer. He, he asked you a question. What? He asked me who sent me and then cast me out. Did you ask if I could ask a question? We didn't even get that far. Wait, the one who was supposed to watch over all happenings, who you were told to seek out, Hildi, cast you out? Yeah. I'm going to push Marsicus aside and first bust through that door. The door does not open for you. <sighs> Soul looks at the door and, like, goes to open it. Stuck fast. They knock. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus goes, Marcus, uh, a little bit in shock, but kind of incensed. And it's like, wait a minute. Everybody said he would help me. I'm starting. He walks up to the door and knocks, and knocks it just like Soul did. There's no answer. I'm starting Archie's timer. Marcus opens the door to see if the doors will relent for him. No, <laughs> the door will not open for you. So has their hands I, 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 over their mouth. I yell up, up at the door and tower. I said, Zal, I was told you'd help me. Aren't you the protector of halflings? I was told you would know me. All right. So while you were, you're, you're doing that, I want everyone in the party to make a perception check. Alright, is Archie deployed yet? Yeah, Archie's up. Alright. I've been rolling like garbage today. I got a 25. I've been rolling really well today. I'm kind of worried about it. Oh, he's Archie's not rolling well today, though. 17 on my part. Uh, Marcus yes, still has to roll. of 18. Marcus had a 20. Alright, so you guys roll, and the best roll so far is Soul with a 25. The 20 also succeeds on the check. Uh, the two of you can see something move at the very top of the tower. Uh, something, like, leaps off the tower. Soul looks up and starts to, like, back up a little. This is about 500 feet above you and closing fast. Soul <laughs> grabs Vera and starts running the other direction. <laughs> Marcus looks directly uh, at him. Marcus knows it's, a, it's Zell. He won't hurt me. Marcus looks directly at him. Soul's just finding coverage so that they don't get smushed. What, where, where are you going? What's going on? Run! I'll look up and I'm make sure to pull Karis out of the way. Okay. Karis is just like standing there dumbfounded while you pull her away. <laughs> so just as it gets about mm, 40 or 50 feet off the ground, like you can see it's as it gets closer, it is a gold dragon. As it gets closer to the ground, it flares its wings out, breaks speed, and like <laughs> lands... In front of the party with some pretty significant impact. Soul falls to the ground, but they look so wide-eyed at him. Oh, we get to see a picture of him? Ooh! He pretty! (laughs) He uh, appears like radiant with gold light. Marcus. Yes. This is not the same dragon that you were just talking to. This is about half the size of the one you were just talking to. Marcus is still rather incensed. We came all this way, and he's... Everybody's been telling him, so Marcus is kind of peeved off a little bit. But obviously going to show the utmost respect. You're not Zell. No, I am not. So, like, he starts to get up and walk over. Why was I cast out? Why, why, I was told that Zell was the the protector (laughs) of all halflings. Zell is the protector of all halflings. Then why was I cast out? Is it not obvious? Marcus looks all over himself and goes, fairly certain I'm a halfling. You are mistaken. Then what is he? He wears the skin of one as if it is some sort of insult 
Soul takes a step away from Marcus. Marcus is confused, but but still rather incensed by this. This halfling, or whatever you believe him to be, has come a very long way and struggled very hard only to look for answers. He has done much good and comparatively little harm. The halfling standing before me, his garbin short fellows. He looks straight at Marcus as he says this. Who? Wait, what? That's what your name is? No, it's That's the body, Sol says out loud. I believe that's the body. Am I mistaken? You are not. What? Garbin was an adventurer. He was lost 400 years ago. Then why do I know me as me? He kind of like looks down at you and sort of sneers. I do not understand the nature of the creature before me, but I knew Garbin, and you are not he. You wear his face as an insult. It is not as an insult. I wear no person as an insult. I am me. I am Marcus Cupside. Cupside? Cupside. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Beardy, I had a whole long title name. Marcus Cupside's Blue Regard Q. Kazoo the (laughs) Third. No. I, I had a whole... I was a owl bear, the bane of an owl bear. Right, right, owl bear slayer, high priest of whatever, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Go into that whole. Thing. No, you go into the whole thing, <clears> and he stands there and qu- slowly and quietly just blinks at you. These are lies. Then, if you, you, I do not have any ill will towards anyone. Can you help me find out who I am? Then, if what you say is true, help me find out who I am, so that I'm no longer an insult from what you say. This body. Hmm. He snorts, and like some, a puff of smoke comes out of his nose. I will discuss this <clears> with <throat> my father. There's a flash of gold light, and he's gone. Sol just looks so defeated. You're kidding me. <laughs> Don't worry, Sol. We will figure this out, and you will get your your question, too. Uh, he, Marcus is pissed. Marcus is not shooken for anything. He's just pissed. Well, that as well. Sol goes back to the door and, like, sadly has their hand. Why do you need to talk to him so bad? He's the oldest existing... He might know a way that I could fix my village. He might know why it even needs protecting. Shouldn't your family know that? They won't answer me! Then how is that your problem? Because if I don't find a way to solve this, I'm stuck. Stuck doing what? Living in the same house, protecting a village that I don't even know what I'm protecting it for. Why do you have to do that? Because it's part of my bloodline. Why does that matter? Why does it matter to you? I just want to know. There's no reason that you need to do something if you do not want to. You're not required. Yes, but what if there's a reason something is needing protecting and no one's telling me. I'm hoping the person, the the being that has existed almost the longest time here might have an answer so I can figure out a way to change it so it's not just me that has to protect everyone. It can be everyone who protects everyone. Shouldn't your family be the one that tells you? I already told you. I asked them. They won't. Then it must not be important. Soul slaps Pharaoh. (laughs) Oh, nice. Soul starts to walk away. There is a rumbling sound. The ground begins to shake slightly. I'm going to pull out my crossbow. Oh, good. There is a distortion in the air nearby, and in a flash of gold light, another dragon appears. This one looks like this, and it looks like it is 
not very happy. How many dragons are there in this place? My entire family resides here. Soul like yeah. goes and taps Marcus on the shoulder. And I suppose all of you have a problem with this fine gentleman here. My eyes have not left Zell's. I, I don't know. Did they do a whole bowing? What the dragon? Yeah. Do they do they buy into that kind of stuff? Well, they might. Yeah. No, he's not going to bow to you. He's just, he no, just appeared saying, in a I'm... flash of golden light. This is Zell. Zell Narivkev. He is the Lord of Merriment and protector of the halfling. Please show the most utmost respect. Soul kneels down. Dragons, do they speak in Dragonic? They speak every language. Every language, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they have they have true tongue. However, um, they prefer people to speak to them in Draconic as a sign of respect. You would. Soul's gonna do that. I'm not gonna make you roll that because you probably get it because your knowledge is so high already. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's actually going to speak, and he says, "I apologize." For my otherwise foul mood, I'm typically more inclined to be polite to guests. However, it's not often you see the corpse of an old friend bandied about in front of you. Well, put my crossbow away, and I'll begrudgingly I- kneel as well. Good idea. Karis K- kind of winces at that too. So Soul touches Marcus and uses tongues on him. Okay, Marcus, you can now understand every language for the next sixty minutes. <laughs> I recommend Draconic. Speaking Draconic to him. I understand why I was cast out, but I'm, I know me as me. From what people claim is I'm not me. I know myself as a half If you are the protector of half even if I may not be one that you know, I need your help. Can you help me find out who I am and what has happened to me? If for no other reason than to, if what is said is true, remove me from and lay to rest your friend. I will answer that with another question. Do you remember the name of your wife? I'm going, um, I say that name. Okay, and that was Marcus's wife? Yes. Okay, so you say that, and he, like, puffs out some flame from his nostrils. <laughs> he, uh, he does not like your answer. What offends you about my answer? That is the name that I know. That was my wife from where I came from. My two children. Why does this offend you? Because they are lies. What? This is who I am. This is who I know to be. And you are mistaken. Then can you help me? Hmm. What you're saying... If nothing else than to put the corpse of my friend to rest, yes, I will help you. Thank you. Garbin Shortfellows died 400 years ago. He was an adventurer. His last adventure sent him north to the Deadlands, and he never returned. (laughs) I see. That feels That is my so first obvious. memory. That was my first memory is outside of the Deadlands in the Edge. I give him essentially give him all that I know. The dreams, the memories. He's in, he's in as vivid detail as I can give. Okay, you explain the dreams and the memories to him. He like I moves his head down and stares directly into you as you explain all this. <laughs> he kind of like turns his head this way and that as he listens to what you say until finally he says I have heard enough. I know what you are. What I do not know is who pulls your strings. What am I? You are a lost soul. Lost soul? He nods. If you forgive my ignorance. You are a divided being. Most creatures have a body and a soul. They are linked intrinsically until death. At that point, the soul leaves and goes to the afterlife. The body decays and fades. You... 
You were a lost soul in a stolen body. Well, how did I become lost? That is what I would like to find out. The ability to do this or to create a being like you is ancient and dark. There are few who ever lived that could pull off such a feat. And so if this list is small, you probably know of who could possibly do it. Perhaps Are there I any do. left alive or rumored to be alive? Are they controlling me? I don't feel compulsed to do anything. I've never heard any voices to tell me to do anything. I've only had my own will. Soul looks concerned. You have a choice. You can either embrace this and understand your true nature, or you can deny this, and I can attempt to fuse you into one being. Think on it. You haven't did the so... So wait, the choices are my soul fused into this into this body? That's an option, or, yes. Or keep on doing what you're doing. And keep on doing what we're doing. Try Nothing to find more. your not exactly. Okay. Oh. Because before or, you had you had no idea what was going on, and he seems to understand what you are, so if you're willing to go down that path he may be able to explain what you're actually capable of. And that's the other option. Right. And that's the reason why so many supernatural beings are a little bit wary of you. I want to find out who I am. Well, that's exactly it. That's exactly the That's the question that we're asking you. Who are you? Are you Garbin Shortfellows, the halfling adventurer that died 400 years ago? Or are you something else? Because Marcus, as a concept, is a fiction. Okay. I'd like to know... Would I lose what uh, any memories that I have, or what little knowledge I have, I, I do remember? No. Then I don't want to be fused. I'm just trying to clarify the two options. Sure. He fuses me, or the other option is accept that Marcus is a lost soul and go down that path. Yeah, basically. Then I would go with the second option because I can accept it if it fits with what everybody's saying. I just need to know that there's something so that everything becomes clear. Do you want to know what you are? Yes. This might be your only chance to become, like, a person with a soul. It might not be a thing you can fix once you find out. I think that's what's on offer here. Zell awaits your answer. Oh, God. He's, he's offering to fuse you into one being and become essentially Marcus slash Garbin, right? And live out your, yeah. life, as a, live out your life as a halfling. The other yeah. option is to find out what you actually are. And that would preclude that from ever being a possibility. I would say I'd rather know and do what good with it that I can. Mm-hmm. Because as you saw in my alignment, I'm a chaotic good. It may not always be the what, what you want, but... It's always working for the best. I'm going to go with that with that option. While being whole is one thing, if something is pulling dark strings that I may be able to better combat by knowing, I'd rather do it that way than taking the easy way out. Very well. The rest of you stand behind me. Oh, okay. And Sol grabs Vera. I and... think I think Vera already left to go back to the town. Oh, oh you, you're gone. <laughs> oh, cut the fuck out oh. of there. Okay. Uh, well, I kind of slapped way, her, so... Oh, right, right. Yes. All right. So the rest of the party moves away and gets behind Zell, and he kind of rears up, and you see him inflate his lungs. He flares his wings out, and he's, like I said, he's fucking enormous. And he sucks in a whole bunch of air, and you feel like this low growl emanate from inside him. And he rears his head down, and he breathes this jet of white flame. Oh no! Uh, and it streaks across the ground, and it washes over Marcus. Ah! Marcus, 
Make a will save. Well, rather, I'll give you the option. Do you want to make a will save? No. Okay. I want to know who I am. In in that case, you feel your body slump and fall to the ground. However, you're still standing up, if that makes any sense. You're still standing there, but you feel your body slump to the ground. You can look down and see your own body. Shit. As the jet of white flames start to recede, the rest of you can look over and you see what appears to be an ethereal black figure that looks like it's wearing a black robe, floating in the air above Marcus's body. Pinpoints of silver light drip off of this thing and sort of break off and fade into almost like a glittering shimmer. It has a a cloaked face that just looks on into a void if you look into its... If you actually look into where its face should be, it's just darkness. Is Marcus a revenant? I turn my whatever my face is towards Zell. What am I? You are a lost soul. An unbound essence. But how am I able to do the things I'm able to do? So as you're saying that, you also feel yourself growing colder and colder. And that sense of like, when you're away from people, you know how I would say you kind of felt more lethargic (laughs) and a little bit down? You feel that like rushing up. Like it's becoming like more and more serious. You sort of like feel your extremities becoming numb. I look at Sol and say, help. Sol runs over, I think. What do I see? You see this ethereal black figure floating over Marcus's body on the ground. Is there a spirit Marcus or is Marcus the black figure? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, he seems to be the black figure and the body on the ground appears to just be passed out or dead Marcus. Okay, Sol runs over to the body and they like crouch down and they look up at the figure. Mm. Sol's by... The other halfling's body, I guess, because it's mm. technically it was never Marcus's. It's Garbage Shortfellow's body. Yeah. So Sulk looks that over and then looks up at the hooded figure and then looks back up at Zell. And what can he do? He's just floating there. What is this? He will fade away soon without a vessel. <gasps> the corpse. What's her name? God, the- Karis the- Alpha. Kelly's. Karis is sort of like in shock at all this. Bring Alpha here, please! Zell just, like, gestures. He, like, points back at Marcus's body on, or, well, Garvin's body on the ground. Continue puppeting that. So, I just go into the body? Yeah. Oh, Oh, dude, I was so ready for Marcus to suddenly just be a human for the rest of the campaign. (laughs) Oh, no, yeah, well, you never know. So, you go back into the the body of Garvin, Shortfellow's. And it feels like a comfortable shoe. Oh, that's that's freaky. Sol swiping away Marcus's hair and just looking at him. Or Garvin's. Sol is very confused. (laughs) Marcus coughs and looks over at Karis and goes, Oh, is this enough excitement for you? Karis just, like, nods. Sol says, This does not answer the question that I still have about this situation. And that is... Who is benefiting from your existence? Who sent you from the Deadlands and why? There's more to you than you yet realize, and more to you than I can see. I only hope that the rest of these people with you keep you in check. They're my family. Good. Then perhaps I have nothing to worry about. Sol lets Marcus lay on the ground where he's at, and they walk over to Zell, and they look up at him. And in Dragonic, they ask, Would you happen to know who I am? He looks at you and blinks. You wear the token of the Protector House of Presidium. I have some questions about that, if you'll let me. He snorts out some white smoke. 
Go ahead. Soul does not flinch and is looking unblinkingly <laughs> at him. Your line is what, well known to me. What is my line protecting village from? Or protecting from? Or the village from it? Or it from the village? I don't know. What is the reason for this? Understand that there are forces in play that even I cannot contend with. I just want to know why. The magic that empowers your bloodline is ancient and strong. I can tell you one thing, but I imagine it will only deepen the questions you have. If that is knowledge you seek, I can grant it. It's my best lead. Yes. (laughs) Very well. Then I need you to understand your bloodline does not protect Presidium. Then what is it protecting? Much more. That is all I can say. Soul nods solemnly. But you certainly know more. Is there a way where I could change it to where it's not just my bloodline, but everyone? He slowly shakes his head no. Oh. The nature of your duty will become clear. Soul nods and bows to him and then goes back to kneel next to Marcus. Understand, being. I know not what your true name is. You have a dangerous ability. You are unbound. In a world of creatures that are bound, be careful. I say that to your allies as well. Be careful with this one. Soul looks back up at the dragon. He's good and we'll make sure of it. He snorts. I hope for all our sakes that that is the case. May I ask another question about him? He kind of like looks to the side. I suppose you may. How can he use these powers? Can he simply leave this body and take another? He nods. Whenever he wants? He nods again. And you granted him the ability to know how to do this? I made him aware, and that is all that was required. Soul nods. And Soul looks back at Marcus and, like, looks him in the face. Are you okay? Did I? Well, I came looking for answers, and I didn't find all of them. But I don't think either of us did. (laughs) What fun is there in finding the answer? Soul smiles and ruffles his hair. Yeah, that's true. Plus, new ability? Yeah, I I guess we'll have to try it out at some point. But with safety, yes? Of course. I'm going to go over to Karis at some point. Karis. Kelly's. Karis is, like, legit terrified right now. Are you you okay? Kelly's, are you okay? At least I can help you. Stay away from me. Uh, Oh. Oh. What? She, like, takes a step back. Uh, Soul kind of, like, has Mark down enough to where they're in a position where they can keep Marcus back if need be. And they're not exactly sure what's happening. Karis? Keep that. Keep it away from me. She takes another step back. It's just Marcus. It's just, he's different than we thought he was. That's all. Kelly, what is the deal afraid of? Just tell me. She turned and just runs away. Back toward the town. Wait. I'm gonna run after her. So I guess Soul is staying with Marcus then, and just kind of watches them run. Well, this is an odd pickle. There's one thing you should know before you set out into the world. The snippets of memories you have. You know what I speak of? Yeah. That is all that remains of the souls when you devour them. (gasps) Oh listening. As always, special thanks to Protagonist for the theme music, and Emily Roll for Fantasy for this episode's soundtrack. Interested in following us on social media? Follow us on Twitter at CheckPleaseDnd. 
or want to support the podcast and be part of the Czech Republic, go to our Patreon under Kanishra. Until next time.